This episode, like every episode of Off the Rack, was recorded before a live audience at Comic Pop on YouTube. Join the conversation by subscribing to youtube.com slash comic pop or comic pop returns on YouTube. And now, on with the show. Hi, comic book readers, and welcome to another episode of Off the Rack. I am Sal. And I am Tiffany. So today we're going to be talking about the new books that came out this past week and, of course, talk about some books, one or two books that came out the week prior because we skipped uh, the week prior's episode, given that it was a holiday and we took advantage of that holiday. I also want to thank anybody who was on social media for the birthday wishes. Uh, I had another birthday and I appreciate everyone's kindness. Um, Pointing it out, uh, we got a, I I got a big ass birthday gift from my incredible uh, friends and family, uh, which is the uh, X-Men arcade you can see behind Tiffany. Now part of the set, uh, we got together and uh, on said birthday, opened and played it. And yes. we beat it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. It was it was a whole covert operation. It was indeed. Because the studio is monitored. Yeah. But Ethan, for security. For security purposes. And Ethan and I got around that and managed to build it so you didn't have to be like, here's a job. Yeah. Here's two and a half hours worth of work. See you later. And you made it into uh, one. One, and that one and a half. There you with go. Like building plus stool because we hadn't done the stool before and we wrapped it. That's right. That's wrapped right. Wrapped it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it was it was wrapped. It was wrapped, just not from the back because no. I, I bought two rolls of paper thinking it was enough. And <laughs> they're very big. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, we want to thank those of you out there who are sponsoring today's show. Uh, this episode is, of course, sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, you can use the Super Chats, ask a question or comment. We'll read it here on the program. and It'll be part of the show forever. Uh, if you like the show uh, in audio form, you can check us out as Off the Rack uh, New Comics on Spotify and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And I want to uh, give a special shout out to um, ourselves because uh, we're great because we're great, and we deserve it. No, uh, because this channel, Comic Pop Returns, uh, turned one year on May 6th. It did. That did uh, happen. One year old. So and, it's been a year. And we missed it. And I'll be honest, I, I thought that we, I thought it's like, it was two years. Like, I thought it was longer. I didn't even think it was a year. See, I thought it was longer. So... Uh, but we've been because we didn't miss a beat with Comic Pop Returns. Mm. Comic Pop Returns was all of the programs that you find or used to find on youtube.com slash comic pop, which is still a thriving channel that's doing great. We have uh, back issues and shorts over there, but this is the channel where we can really try uh, new things and more uh, just cut loose and cut loose. That's right. That's what we're trying to do. But uh, yeah, so hooray. And we reached uh, only a few uh, weeks ago over 100 videos on this channel. Wow. That yeah, quickly. I know. Well, it's not hard to do when you do a buy when you do two weekly shows. That's true. No, that's true. Okay. In addition to some pre-scripted uh, stuff that we put out, no, not scripted, pre-recorded stuff, uh, like the good, the bad, and the ugly, which we need to get back to writing uh, or shooting, <laughs> reading, reading. Because I haven't read those books. No, no, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Me either. Uh, Brian Thanks. Rollins here on the show. Hope you had a great holiday and enjoyed the time off from the show. Did Tiffany read The Closet by James Tynan? Yeah. Of course, it's a. What was it's, it? a, it's a it's a it's as i like to call him james tiny onion because mm. that's the name of his um his publication or his uh publishing house yep uh it's a three-part little series it's a horror series it's it's basically like if you were reading razor blades mm, his it, magazine yeah like he's way into horror and he's got a whole bunch of books coming out and in fact in the back of the closet or a whole bunch of ads for a whole bunch of books that he's got coming out. Mm. Um, but the closet, because it was only a three issue commitment to me. And right. like, 
every once in a while, I just want a book that I know there's a beginning, middle and end, which is literally what we're going to get here. It's three <laughs> issues. So yeah, I did read it. Um, the book is a miserable book. Mm. Um, as only some horror can give you, it is, it, it, it's just, there's just misery on the page. Naturally. It's the story of a family who's moving. Mm. Um, and they're moving because they're doing that thing that some families do. Which is like, you know what the problem is with our family and our relationship? <laughs> where we are we and where to, we live. We'll move and we'll start over and everything will be better and that will fix everything. Mm-hmm. It will fix nothing. You'll just be in a different place and have the same problems that come with you, right. right? And like, honestly, I think this book has a lot of like meta reading to it because the closet's going to bring about like... The idea is like there's a little kid and he's afraid of what's in his closet. Okay. Right? And it's like, oh, but they're like, we've got one more day where we're just like, we're going to leave. It's going to be fine. Right. This is like supernatural is happening over here in the real world. Like mom and dad are just fighting, fighting. And like, honestly, we get to read a lot of it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't want to read this. It's just, it's real rough. Yeah. It's real rough. So if that's something that like triggers you or like upsets you. This may not be the issue, the book for you, mm. um, but it does paint a really vivid world and make me question like whether or not the supernatural is real or, or not like some sort of like manifestation of oh, yeah. this. Like Ghostbusters 2, <laughs> where your protoplastic slime is a byproduct of all the hate and misery and rage that people feel. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, Why wouldn't it? But... Uh, <laughs> but the little twist here at the end that, the, that we're going to be running with is that like, yes, he's leaving the closet and the monster behind, but it turns out that the closet wasn't there originally and it became a thing. And uh, so the closet's coming with them. Oh and no. The boy knows that. Okay. And it's like the monster's like, it's like, metaphorical. It is metaphorical. It's going to come with you. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing which way this is going to lean. I, I, no matter what, I think there's going to be a supernatural element, but like how much of it might be tied into real world problems. So like, this is very much up my eye. I just, I I had to get into the mindset because I was reading some other books and then I read this book and like the misery hit hard. Yeah. And I was like, who, who? And like the art itself, I think I've, we've mentioned before that like um, it was in Wolverine. Yeah. One of the cubits was using this brush, this digital brush clearly that like looks like fingerprints. Yeah. It's in this too. Oh. So I was like that. They must all be sharing this. There's brushes. no way they're not sharing like, information. Like, oh, with I like this other. brush. You should try this one. So like the art style itself is like grim and gritty and it really fits um arts by gavin fullerton it's written by james stein on the fourth if i hadn't said that earlier um i know i called him tiny onion but still um but it, it is really well done it's going to be a tight little story um just i believe surrounding this family and uh if that's your bag go check this out because it's it's like i said it's really well done but just as a heads up like there is like this real world element that it's just like, that's the, th- that's the part that feels worse. Like I almost welcomed the monster. <laughs> Although there was something they did very specifically in this that I was like, no, no, like kids in bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like the monster comes, he's yeah. like, we see like the like panel breakdown where it's like just utter blackness. Cause he's got his eyes closed. Yeah. And then you just see on the bed, just the foot of the monster, like mm. on the sheets. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. you're breaking the rules. That's great. You're in bed. You're safe. Yeah. Not anymore, man. Rules. Not with modern horror. No, I know. It's all over. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> so you got a little bonus review of the closet. I was gonna bring it up no matter what okay. because like I, I I dug that book, but like I said, like it's just it was a bit of a misery fest. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're on the subject, why don't we talk about the Sandman teaser that was dropped today? <laughs> well, why would because you they like uh, they just released the trailer teaser trailer yes. for the Sandman Netflix series, which is de- debuting what August fifth or something? Yeah, August sixth. Yeah, August something. No, like literally, I got like a I was on some sort of list of like mm. press list, so like it doesn't really matter you get the email like moments before moments before it goes out I literally, it's like the email i was like i was there and i saw the number of views it was four right like wow i'm one I of the first it, it was 1300 it's like literally <laughs> like a, mo- a minute and a half later i was like okay yeah um but you know humble brag there like number five or six hey or 10 you. Or 20, nice. yeah, who knows mm-hmm. um, yeah but yeah the teaser's out and um i'm really glad that like a lot of people are going to get to know this story, even if the story is probably going to be a little different than the source material. Yeah, I think um, it's guaranteed to be different. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for people who are going to discover this for the very first time. And I sincerely hope that they don't then find a their own sense of disappointment when they go to the books, if they're so drastically different. So right. we'll see. Um, there is something about like an artist's work at a very specific time. Like if Alan Moore had written Watchmen at a different time, would have been it totally would be a very different. different book. Right. Cause it's like, it's intrinsically tied to where he was as a human being and where the world was yep. and the state of comic books just in general. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really rooted in its history. And I feel like Sandman's very similar, yeah. Um, because it's like very rooted in the world of like surrounding like Neil Gaiman and himself and what he wanted to do and this opportunity with Vertigo. Um, so like part of me is upset that like he is making changes. Now it is at least him making the changes, right. but he's altering his own like this is where I was as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a different person is altering the work. Yeah. So listen like i'm just excited for people to discover this world i don't think that this show is going to be a home run for me but that doesn't mean it's not good for other people it's just for me there's just certain things that like i really tie to the character and i gotta tell you seeing his eyes Mm. really bothers me and like i didn't realize it until we saw so many shots of it and i know gaiman went out there and was like it always bothered me when they couldn't do batman with like the all white eyes but like he literally says this he's like but like then it turns out like you know you need to see someone's eyes to emote and i'm like you know carl urban didn't need it right <laughs> I'm like, maybe you got too tied into specific features of the actor and mm-hmm. not if the actor could do it without being able to see the eyes i yeah. don't know or maybe not- it's really important that dream not morpheus not have eyes to emote with because right. he's so emotionless right and otherworldly Um, i don't know we'll we'll see it's not like i'm not gonna watch it i will check it out for sure when it shows up but like i said i'm just i'm just glad that people are excited and like this is gonna open a door for a lot of people to to get into a comic which was a gateway for people yes yeah to get into comics and vertigo sandman gaiman as a writer yeah yeah so much um well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll jump into last week's books just a little bit. I don't want to sure. talk too much about them, but uh, I did read Avengers number fifty six. Uh, let's just say that I got a press copy, and I so I, I dipped my toe back into the Avengers. How was it? Uh, it was horrible. Was it cold? Yeah, it was cold, cold and miserable. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's uh, it's so okay. Um, you know, it's Jason Aaron's Avengers. He's been writing for fifty six issues. It's time for him. It, it's about fifty. It's about fifty issues too long, in my opinion. Uh, this one is uh, drawn by, I guess, Javier Garon. Mm-hmm. It is a uh, 
uh, there's a council of Mephistos. Jane Foster is Valkyrie. She gets put into a alternate reality where like, it doesn't matter. Um, the idea is that Aaron's using it as an opportunity to explore Jane Foster again, because uh-huh. like, because really Jane Foster hasn't been a character worth exploring since Jason Aaron wrote her in the beginning, like in his, in the first place. So here we are again. Cause of course, you know, Jane Foster's Valkyrie, Odinson is Thor, and uh, Jane is trapped in like an alternate reality where she's married to Thor Odinson, mm-hmm. and uh, basically an alternate version of her, Jane Foster, shows up, but it's the Jane Foster that didn't stop being Thor. Oh, okay. So she's faced with the possibility of herself if she never relinquished Mjolnir. Well, if Odinson never came back to life, really. Right. But, like, if it didn't work out, or if it really worked out for her. And what it does is it's just, uh, what, what it clearly is, is an exploration of characters. And I assume that every issue will be, like, a character study, because that seems to be what Aaron's want, Aaron wants to do. That's all Heroes Reborn was. Every issue was a character study of a member of the Squadron Supreme. Thanks. So, wait, I'm sorry. I might have just blanked out for a second. Is this... So Jane, real Jane, yeah, no, Earth six one six Jane. No, 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 no. Meets I, I understand fake that. Jane. I just think it's interesting because like Judgment Day is coming. It isn't Judgment Day supposed to be like an opportunity for like the Celestials to like judge characters within the Marvel universe, yes. and like to basically do something like this. Yeah, it's it's it, oh, it absolutely is but, uh, a just, tie-in to Judgment Day. Okay, because I was gonna say it just kind of feels like Aaron trying to take the teeth out of what gillen's trying to do no he's just he knows he probably knows that gillen's not going to do anything with jane so he's going to do that with jane himself Uh, and what he seems to imply the only thing that really matters the reason i'm even talking about it is because at the end of it uh basically jane is like maybe i shouldn't have given it back like i miss mjolnir and it's just this scene of like her like sitting next to thor and like mjolnir sitting on the table and she's kind of like i should have it back and I'm like, no, it's over, but okay. And it's interesting to have that be her character. Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, that's something, I guess. It's a well-written issue. The art's good. Uh, but overall, didn't do anything to bring me back into reading the series. Mm. It's just, just, just ain't for me. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I also, of course, read Amazing Spider-Man number two, which was written by Zeb Wells, or by John Romita Jr., uh, this issue, of course, is uh, it's got the now infamous cover of Mary Jane walking away from Peter. We actually used it in one of our other episodes where we talked about the phenomena of Mary Jane and Peter and the the leaks mm-hmm. surrounding the last page reveal of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, it covers a lie. She's not in the issue at all. And there is no reference to it whatsoever. And uh, so you're just going to wait until the next issue or the next 10 issues. Who knows when they'll address the Mary Jane kid issue. Uh, all we do know is Peter is a halfway decent babysitter and uh, Norman is in the care of both of his grandchildren. And basically he, he, he pawns them off on Peter uh, to be like, you know, uh, be responsible. The only character that has stuck around in Peter's life after what he did six months ago is the green freaking goblin is Norman Osborn now changed thanks to his magical sin expulsion shotgun of the sin eater who is also not of this world anymore. Uh, So, you know, comic books, everybody. So uh, that, that that's glossed over. Peter does that. And tombstone is like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to reestablish myself. I'm going to make rep for myself. And what he does is he basically uh, he, he feeds 
uh, White Rabbit, who is a character I'm convinced is just like an inside joke uh, among comic book writers, where they're like, let's put White Rabbit in here, ha ha ha, because nobody has anything to say about her, nobody does anything with her. I, I barely knew that was a character. Every time I see her, I'm like, I see her in a in a scene of other characters, right? And right, I'm always right. just like, what a wasted character. Like, d- there's nothing about that character I'm interested in. I've never ever seen an image of White Rabbit and thought, man, I'd like to know more her, about her story. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Spider-Man thinks that he's got the one up on them. He asks them for information. They give him the information, but it turns out it's the information that Tombstone wanted him to get in the first place. So Spider-Man is lured by Tombstone, trapped in a truck, and uh, in close quarters combat is handily defeated by Tombstone in a brutal fight, which uh, is, according to the issue that I've read, which is issue three already, uh, it gets even more brutal. But the idea is that Tombstone's like done with Spider-Man. And he's like, I'm done dealing with you. And I want to make an example of you. And he certainly does. And so it's just reestablishing Tombstone or maybe even firmly establishing Tombstone because nobody has a great Tombstone pitch. Uh, Everybody's got a Tombstone pitch. Nobody's executed a great Tombstone pitch in a long time. Right. So we're re we're reestablishing Tombstone as a, as a heavy hitter in the Spider-Man world. Also, I I assume it's Zeb Wells being like, what am I going to do? Another Doc Ock story, you know, a a green goblin story. Like I'm not going to, no one's going to care about Electro story. He's a character that's underutilized, but has a lot of fun uh, side characters. And, and he, he himself uh, has a rich backstory that could be explored and mm. certainly uh, shine up a, a, a kind of social mirror to the world itself. So there, there's, there's something there. Uh, the issue is well-written and really well-drawn. John Romita Jr. hasn't been better in a long time. Like, it reminds me of the JMS John Romita Jr. run. So, like, the art is really solid. It looks like Spider-Man. He is coming home. It uh, doesn't look like a lot of cut corners. I think Ramita Jr. has heard the criticisms over the years since he went to DC mm-hmm. where they're like, Boo. either people go, he used to be better or they hate him. Right, right. And listen, there is a lot of Ramita art over the last decade where you could tell dude had other people finish the work. Like, you know, he, he, he did breakdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. Right. Or he wasn't giving it his all. And this is proof, I think, in this issue that he's not past his prime. He's not uh, that's, done. That's funny because this cover is rough. It's a rough cover. That is rough. And I can't it's tell. It's just the faces. It's the, the face. It's, it, it's a lot. It, it, well, no, there's a lot. Peter's going proportion on. is wrong, but his legs are fine. Like the legs are actually pretty on par with what Spider-Man looks like being drawn by Ramita over the last 25 years. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just a question of like the composition itself. I think that this cover is a rush job. It feels rushed. The coloring is not doing anybody any favors. No. I'm just, I was just, when you made it big for a second before, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, Justin Ponzer used to color him. So, right. So, okay. heavy loss. This one's Marcio Menez. And, and that's not saying they're a bad colorist. It no, just but- may not be the right fit for the right. Art. That's the thing. Like, it, it's, Ramita Jr. lives and dies by ink and colors. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you really need to, and he, Scott Hanna inked it. So, it looks. Yeah. As good as it ever did. Well, it's just it's just funny because like to me, this cover is not gonna help people oh, like, no. like Ramita's like done and like making someone be like, I'm not gonna pick this. Oh, up. I tried to find like alternate covers just to use because I used this cover before. Yeah. The the, the alternate cover out the one cover that outshines it by a country mile. Yeah. Is the Patrick Gleason web variant of hobgoblin that's pretty cool hobgoblin's not in this of course but uh gleason has been doing these fun web variants you've seen his web spider-man covers Mm -hmm. he's been doing a couple he did a he did one of uh, the the 
the Kafka uh, goblin. Oh yeah, the Goblin Queen. Queen Goblin. Queen Goblin. Uh, he did one of her, and and this one, I'm like, this is cool. This is a great cover. Uh, I I in fact uh, on on Facebook I suggested that he make a triptych. 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 Your word. Uh, <laughs> of all of them, like just make them all. And he's like, which ones? Like which ones should all go together? And I'm like, the goblins. Yeah. So they don't fit in together, but maybe they will one day. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a recommend. I think it's a well written issue, and I think the art is as good as Ramita is capable of giving you in today's world. Mm. So mm. you take that for what it's worth. Okay. But that, that's that's what I think. Um, I also have to recommend Punisher number three, of course, which is written by Jason Aaron with art by Paul Asela or as Kayla. I, 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 if I want to like, you know, really white guy it up. This this book is so effing good. Yeah. It's just stupid how good this book is. <laughs> and it's so funny to me because of how people were like, <laughs> no, I have a Doctor Strange pitch. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah. I, listen, everybody got a Doctor Strange pitch. I do. Yeah, of course you do. You do, finally? Good. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> I do. I do. You, I know. Well, you like... Yeah, but I've been sitting on it for 15 years. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. We talked about it. It's fine. I it, if it if they had done it. Yeah, that's different. 15 but, years ago. Yeah, but you can't do it now. Mm-mm. It doesn't work now. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't now. Uh, or it'd be like unsupp- it'd be like what? <clears throat> Actually, it could work even better now. No. Uh but yeah, Punisher <laughs> number 3 is so great. Uh the art's fantastic, the story's fun. Um you know the implication they're, they're retconning frank's origin a little bit you know they're saying th- this is the issue where they're like the the queen of the hand or whatever the hell the old lady is in charge of the beast and crap i don't say i don't care what the hand and the beasts and the ninjas are i don't give a crap about any of that i just care about what frank's up to mm-hmm. she's like you're you were punisher was not born on the battlefield and he wasn't born when you know she's referencing all these things that you like the Punisher, you know, yeah. But the first kill that you made, and it's like when he was a kid, and it's cool. It works. All right. It doesn't. I don't think it changes a damn thing. It does, however, make him creepy because he murdered a he murdered a man. Basically, you know, uh, there was a known a terrible person in his neighborhood mm-hmm. who used to beat on, um, I think, his wife, and then he killed her. That's the idea. And um, Frank sets him on fire. <laughs> Wearing a Captain America mask. Sometimes you're going to be set on fire. By yeah. a kid well, he douses America him in kerosene and then, and then immolates him. Wearing a Captain America mask, which I think is kind of awesome. Um, I'm sure Cap doesn't. Cap, I would... I, I, <laughs> I, oh, I hope that there is, because it's, it's so rare. Like I remember when we did uh, our Back Issues episode about Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe. Um, that issue with uh, Garth Ennis is like Punisher has no respect for Captain America. Maybe right. a little. Maybe. But he's like, we have very different interpretations of what war is, pal. Mm-hmm. You have no idea where I've been. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's like Mark Miller or pretty much anybody else, Frank worships Captain America. Like he really looks up to Steve. Yeah. And I would love to see Jason Aaron have Steve show up in this. And be like, that's enough out of you. Right. I'd really like to see Steve be like, that's enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a really good series. Um telling you. Mar- it's all coming down. Maria loses it in the gardens. Oh, sure. She's like, Where are they? We left them at the park. Yeah. 
She's going to have her Wanda moment, but she doesn't have superpowers. She doesn't have superpowers. Or magic. Yeah, but oh, because oh, so he has to go to the beast and basically pray. And the the end of the issue is that he has to like beg for his children. And there's two coffins. Okay. So. Okay. This is listen. This is what Aaron does. Yeah. Give him a character. One Give character. Him a character. And like they're ancillary characters, and you're gonna get some pretty good quality. Damn right. But I love that people were like, boo, I can't believe that they're changing everything. And then it's like, oh, it's really good. And we all just shut up about it. Also, uh, Devil's Reign ended and it was like, fine. Um, they're setting up a new status quo for Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Devil's Reign, Omega, uh, Jim Zub, um, Daniel Barnes, Jeff Sadarsky, uh, Luciano Vecchio, Guillermo Sana, and Rafael De La Torre. Um, this uh, Devil's Reign Omega just wraps it up. There's no need for it. It's completely dispensable, but it does set up like this new, the new status quo's. That's... You know, like it sets up who the um, you know, who the Thunderbolts are going to be, mm-hmm. why, uh, what what Luke Cage is up to, where his sure. status quo is. Yeah. It's all necessary. Also, uh, like uh, what Matt's whole thing is. Uh, also setting up like they they weren't. You know, they killed off Mike, but maybe not. So what? But oh, Matt's right. using this as an opportunity to like to retire Matt Murdock and be Daredevil full-time and go with Elektra away to fight the hand, which of course is for me a great idea because it means he's going to have to go face to face with the Punisher. Yeah. He's going to, they're going to have to go against that. That cover's great. It's a gorgeous cover. I think that, uh, I think that Zdarsky's Daredevil is like not even a well-kept secret, but like, I imagine that anyone at Marvel is probably like, can I get a piece of that action? Because like this is a really like it's a good <laughs> universe, a good place to be. They did this event that nobody really talked about, and it was right. kind of like forgettable. But at the same time, you can't argue with it. It was like fun. It was it was a decent issue. Yeah. It was a different uh, event, um, and not terribly overwhelming. But yeah, uh, I recommend that one as well. Okay. Anyway, is there anything from last week that you want to talk about uh, that we like? That, you know, just in case. No. Uh, Task Force Z. God damn it. Um, but anyway, uh, so this week. Yeah. This yeah, week's books. Let's let's do that. Let's get let's get already into it. did one. You did, but let me uh, let me, really quick. I want to jump into some super chats. You should probably do that. Yeah, because just so they don't pile up. Which uh, is very kind, and thank you very much. Oh yeah, no, thank you guys. No, I just meant like you know, we, I don't want to lose you guys. I think we looked at that one. Oh no, we didn't look at that one. You're right. Uh, Psycho Reds and Sandman's coming to Netflix. Is Sandman coming to back issues again? Great question, Tiffany. I mean, we could. I agree. <laughs> it's a, it's whenever it's whenever we can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abe Sapien, Poison Ivy comes out tomorrow. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's like 30,000 variant, variant covers. covers. I like to just up that number each time. I'm sure it's really not that many. It feels like a lot, which is mm-hmm. fine. It's just everybody, everybody everybody wants to draw Poison Ivy. Yeah. Everybody wants to draw Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, Andrew Forrester, uh, finally caught you guys live again. Thanks for all the great shows, you guys. Well, thanks you. thank you for watching. Thank man. you. And th- thank you for your support. Chase Eichler. Hey guys, been a while since I've been here live. That's true, man. It's been a while, but uh, good to be back. Are either of you going to pick up Aquaman Andromeda this week? The art looks dope. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Chase. I didn't, I, I forgot What's about that book. Next week, I guess. Yeah, next week. This week. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I didn't re- I didn't remember that. So there you go. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to grab it. Probably. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kingsport Cal. Hey friends. Uh, y'all watching the boys season three. Nah, I'm, I'm, I reached my quota of misery and like Sal sexual deviancy. So doesn't watch it. And you know, we like to try to spend some time together since, since we don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've, I've not seen it. 
I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, Ray Farr. Hey, Sound Tiff. Sal, what's your favorite piece of Spidey comic media of in the last 10 years? Mine has been What Ifs. Uh, lol. Uh, by the way, love your hats, Tiffany. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's been, a, you know, there's a lot of good stuff stuff from Spider-Man. I mean, like um, 10 years, you know, like, I mean, obviously Into the Spider-Verse was a great movie. I loved No Way Home. Um, there's no way it's not the Spider-Man game. Spider-Man game. Yeah. No, the games. Well, uh, yeah, both of them are pretty great. But uh, Spider-Man PS4 is, you know, pitch perfect. No complaints. Such joy. Much you, wow. Yes. You've played it multiple times. Yeah. I've That's why I'm like, I think it's that. Yeah. It's either that or it's um, Spider Shadow. Mm, yeah. Spider Shadow was great too. A lot of good spider stuff. It's a good time to be a Spider Man fan, kind of. Uh, Ray Farr. Hey, uh, also, how much money do I have to super chat for a basket shoe solely on Garfield comic strips? Oh, that wacky Garfield. Ah, uh, we're never going to do that. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I, and I oh. deliberately don't have like tears. So that that doesn't happen. Uh, the, the fodder box kid. Hey guys, hope you're doing great. And wanted to ask if either of you have read murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson. I started reading yesterday and it's incredibly ridiculous. I've read a little bit of it, but I'm an extremity fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have never read it. It just doesn't appeal to me. Like <laughs> I, uh, his, he's doing a book called do a power bomb. If you like murder Falcon, you're going to love do a power bomb. And it is really, really D dubs Z. But I don't care about wrestling. And I know that like he has, he's pitched it where it's like, you don't need to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. Right. I, I, but it helps. But I think it helps a lot mm. and uh, it is worth reading and it's great. It's not the thing that I look for from him, you know, but I, but he's, he was nominated for an Eisner for Beta Ray Bill. So, you know, pick that up. Yeah. But I mean, it's up against Supergirl. He's got another one. Does he? Yeah. They another... both do. So they're not going to win that. At no, all. it's, it's best new series. So it's like, I think he's up against Tom for both. It's Supergirl and Human Target, and it's like, listen, there's he, gonna be some other thing in there that's right, gonna win. No. And like, I just, I just, it was, was drawn in a napkin by no, a person from Antarctica. There are a lot of good like options in there. I just have a lot of passion for Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl is, but is, I don't think they're gonna get it. I don't know why. I think no. they will. I hope. So. I think Supergirl will get it. I think uh, if they're smart, they'll delay Human Target because Human Target's like got a six to eight month or six to twelve month hiatus. So it's like you can wait until next year. Yeah, you can like you else. can return of the king that book. <laughs> uh, Victor Vendetta, thank you very much for your super chat, man. Thank you. Um, and whoops. And M N N M says, I don't think Jr. Jr. has an objectively bad period. Hearing him in interviews, it seems his roughness these last years was deliberate. It probably looks more refined now because the editors made him. I mean, uh, if I were Marvel, I'd be like, don't do any of that Superman shit. I don't want to fucking see that. I mean, like, listen, this is this is really old. This is dating me, but like Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade, the comic strip, not the convention circuit. Uh, same people, though. But Penny Arcade, uh, it was rough. Because it was Gabe learning, and then it was like really, rough. and he like he you could you could watch the, the the whole book like you can watch the strip grow and evolve, mm. and then you can see that Gabe like gets some. He's like, "Ooh, I like that style," and then just like that's what the strip looked like for like too long, mm -hmm. where he's like, "Everyone has red noses." It sounds got a really big thing about that. It, it looked really, really, really bad. Me. And it was very distracting. Well, it, it subjectively looked bad. That's right. To you. That's right. <laughs> and that's, I think, but I, but he was doing it deliberately. Like he was like, he yeah. was drawing bad on purpose. Just like I think Ramita was doing where he's like, let me try this. Like it's, it, it, it increases my productivity. Listen, it makes me go faster, but also. Yes. But there is a thing about age because it's like, it's, 
just if you're not keeping yourself healthy no it's true like like, you're gonna it's 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 hard like athletes can't play the game forever Mm -hmm. you know artists same thing it changes over time it's true uh paul williams uh, would recommend a listen to batman unburied great audio drama yeah i don't have any time Time. But we'll, I, I'll, we'll I'll check it out. I hear good things too. We'll you're not to, in the, we'll be driving someplace. You're not alone. Yeah, uh, you're not alone. Um, and the Telphonics. Thank you very much for your support. So yeah, uh, this week, what do you got, Tiffany? I've talked enough. Oh, um, just really quickly for my other independent thing that I read. Uh, step by bloody step ended. It's, it's over. over. It's over. Um, and it definitely went away. I I didn't quite see coming until we got partway into it, and I actually had to like go through it and like reread it again, mm-hmm. reading quotes because. If you don't know, if you don't remember me saying Step by Step, Step by Bloody Step is a um, book by Cy Spurrier, Matea Bagara, and Matt Lopez. I think that's right. Lopes. Yeah, Lopes, right? Uh, who's also the colorist on Supergirl. Huh. Um, which you can see a lot of like similarities in terms mm. of like color palette. He is unafraid of color, which is great. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna say what happens in this book, but like I, I gotta tell you, this oh, again, this is a book without words. So Cy Sprayer came up with the story and Matea um, really took over and just told the story in visuals alone. So it's up to you to determine what's happening by using the, the images to tell the story to you. Yeah. Uh, it's a really great exercise, honestly. And like, was it successful? I think so. I think so because a, this book will obviously be up to some form of interpretation as to what is going on and what the emotions you're seeing in each panel are. Um, but I think they successfully told a story that, I completely understand, even though it takes place in a world that is not our own. It's a mythical world someplace else with its own sets of rules and whatever, but you get the story in here. Yep. And I honestly think it was a really good exercise for me in general, because after reading it, it really, the books I read after that, I pay more attention to the art, to the art a little yeah. more. So, cause sometimes I just, I hate to say it but every once in a while, I'm just like, I'm just reading the words. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this, the, I'm reading the story. Not always, obviously like some books, the art commands mm-hmm. um but i think it's a really solid exercise and it is going to be collected i think it's coming out in august um but it's only it's only four issues it's, it's just good so check it out yeah you should <laughs> uh what else you want to talk about oh uh i you might as well yeah i read, I read strange strange Sal got me a nice um peach momoko variant peach momoko variant. i didn't know it was a new issue i literally just i saw it and i was like she doesn't have this one she doesn't have that cover so yeah, i just picked pretty. it up thank you um it's it's just more of the same here um from jed mckay <laughs> hard and to believe marcello ferreira yeah ferreira ferreira lots of r's and vowels and mm-hmm. i'm just bad at things um but it's just a lot of like Listen, it's it's Clea being what Clea is apparently in this, which is it's a ball of rage and a coiled spring of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, is able to like obviously tap into the, her faultine roots and the fact that she's the, the you know sorcerer supreme of the dark dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, the rose makes an appearance in here. Yes, you you mentioned that. Yeah, because she wants to find the um, the other like gangsters who you know attacked that hidden back alley marketplace mm. um so she goes to the rose because she's like you're you're an asshole so you'll be able to help me out right <laughs> sure. like, you you know where the blasphemy cartel is so tell me about it mm. is that a new invention by mckay because that sounds like a new yeah. invention by mckay so um so notably like you know he betrays her it mm-hmm. doesn't matter she gets out of it and, of course because and... he's just the rose he's just a dude yeah well it's a, he just warns the 
the blasphemy ah. cartel that she's coming. He tells them exactly where they are, and then they tells him like, "Oh, hey, watch it, she's coming." Yeah. Um, and then you know it's it's revealed that her mom's coming to dinner, so Umar's coming to dinner, so we're gonna do that kind of an issue. Sure. Um, and then we get the reveal of like, oh, who's behind it? So. Oh, is it fun? Is it a cool reveal? I mean, I don't know what I'm looking at. It's it's nobody. Cool. Is it cool? Is that cool? I don't know. Is it possible? I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Is it possible that like Strange really didn't want her to be Sorcerer Supreme and that somebody forged his like request? No, I think I think it's absolutely think true. I, I think absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, but like they they here's what's interesting about this book is they mentioned words like Lazarus agents and because we're, <laughs> a resurrection agents you might because say because we're dealing with um Jed McKay who right now is writing Moon Knight, Moon Knight. You're gonna see Moon Knight in this book and so next issue they're promising us um the reintroduction of Dark Moon Knight the Shadow Knight oh Shadow Knight and also Star Wars um, oh yeah so. but like I'm like yeah of course because I had no problem with that honestly no I mean I no Bendis problem, did it all the time when he was writing when, 17 especially books especially when um writers are working on it simultaneously yes like and the character isn't taking over the book right it's just it's just part of the larger world that's always fun to say like when dennis hopeless took over strange for a very brief period of time during that um yes the 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 event event. whatever that event was who cares it was Um, terrible and basically just try to make it a jessica drew right because he's like well i got my spider-man book spider-woman book got canceled prematurely so i'll just i'll just finish it up right 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 which sucks because it's like like i get listen put a character in there but don't make it their book it's not their book they can be they can be part of the team. Yeah, sure. yeah, um, yeah. But oh, sorry, director none, not nobody. Oh, I was thinking, Mister Nobody. Yes, from Doom Patrol. Uh, not this book. Uh, not that universe. Is, this is director none. Ah, uh, um, I have no idea who that is. But yeah. So anyway, apologize. I was like, that's not right. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. Um, it was fine. Yeah. It's just a lot of the past few issues have just been a lot of her yelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. A lot. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of cool magic and stuff going on in there yeah but like right now i'm just kind of like waiting for things to get back right or see where this is going i guess yes you know because right now she her entire focus on is very much on this one thing mm-hmm. one task and either the task will be accomplished or it won't but either way we'll move on right one way or the other i mean it feels like this has been going on for like at least five issues and there's only three issues of the series well that's because we came from the event Right. Where she promised she would get him back. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. It was fine. Cool. Don't don't at me. <laughs> I'm sure no one cares enough to do that. I don't think so. Um, jumping right back into the super chats really quick. Um, Will, Will I am Golden says, I've been having a hard time lately and shows like these are the light as my week. Thanks, guys. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Will, but I'm glad to see that you're... Uh, you're, you know, you're, you're looking for the bright side and you're trying, you know, yeah, that's, that's a really great like mentality to keep because mm-hmm. it, it helps. Uh, it really does. So. Exactly. Keep it up. Good man. for you. Uh, Matthew Chalaga. I hate that trend in comics of redeeming the ultimate villain because they've run out of ideas for what to do with them. Have Norman and Peter worked together? Sure. Why not? Have Magneto joined the X-Men? Why the hell not? Magneto has led the X-Men. The Magneto has been an X-Man. There is an alternate future that most people prefer to this one where Magneto was the only leader of the x-men there's a precedent for magneto and the x-men yeah no, that's norman true. and peter working together is 
not unlike you know what this is this is full on straight up wish fulfillment by the creators no 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 norman and peter used to talk to each other as not spider-man and ring goblin a lot like ever since norman was created up until norman found out peter was spider-man like mm -hmm. there's a whole chunk of time where norman was just mr osborne and peter had to deal with him and he didn't even know he was the ring goblin then when he does know he's green goblin he still has to deal with him i mean like there's Actually, I think Spider-Man finds out he's Green Goblin when Norman finds out he's Spider-Man. Like, there's no time where there's anyone has a one-upper on anybody. Mm. Except when, of course, Norman has the amnesia. But even then, like, it's just, there is a precedent for that. It's just surprising because the last time it happened was about 50 years ago. Well, I would say, too, maybe it's a reaction to what we saw in the last Spider-Man movie where there was just a brief window of time where they were working together. And it's more of a like, what if? Yeah, what if it kept going? Or what if we got a chance to actually see that? Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Williams. Oops, I meant for anyone. Uh, I know you're busy enough. No, it's OK. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah. Uh, OK, so I read Justice League Road to Dark Crisis nice Which, how, how is the road the road is bumpy uh it, <laughs> it's a bumpy road but you knew that everybody knew that but uh it, it's an uphill road as well uh-huh not for me but i understand for a lot of people because it's a it's 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 another crisis right it's mm -hmm. You killed the Justice League. It's another crisis. You can't have another crisis after the Batman Who Laughs or Perpetua makes all of Earth a piece of rock with guitars all over it. Only to then say like, but uh-oh, an ultimate evil is coming from space. It's going to destroy everything. Like, yep. Except this is a continuity beast. Like, Perpetua is a new idea that nobody asked for. This, I think, is the culmination of... This is an apology crisis. But you can't have an apology crisis because no one's ready for that because the taste of the other crisis is still in our mouths. Right, because but... Because we had, like, a pandemic, mm -hmm. and so, like, time's weird. Mm -hmm. So even if X amount of time happened between, it doesn't feel like that. Well, also, people liked that. So for that, like, that this is a... No, this is a reminder. This is an apology crisis to old fans and a reminder to new fans what DC actually is. Right. Because this is a legacy so crisis. Is this trying to, like, go to like to make people remember like it's no rebirth or before before no this is what real dc is this is like no but a lot of people liked rebirth yeah well rebirth was just jeff johns's re like re like recollection of what dc is really about right and this is josh's recollection of what, DC, what okay. dc is about and what dc is about is about legacy it's about new it's about characters and history and taking up the mantle and doing the right thing and what the dc universe represents like there isn't a hint of cynicism or sarcasm or misery or subversion in this but unlike something like endless winter which is kind of like an unobservantly classic justice league story mm -hmm. this is very much aware of itself mm. and is trying to go like i'm I'm trying to say something about what the DC universe really ought to be, despite the fact that like seemingly nobody wants the DC universe to be this. Okay. It's like, you can't deny it. You can't. It's like everyone in the world thinks that chocolate ice cream is pistachio ice cream. You know, it's like you're eating chocolate and like, Nope, this is pistachio. It's like, there's no amount of, 
convincing that will change your mind, even if you are looking dead in the face of what this actual flavor is. The DC Universe is about legacy, and it is about hope and optimism and heroism, but nobody remembers that or cares or wants it to be that. And it's like, but I'm in charge now, and I'm going to tell you what this really is, even if it's it's just for me. (laughs) And that is no more apparent than in this very uninteresting issue of Justice League Road to Crisis in which characters react to the fact that Justice League are dead. Mm -hmm. It's, again, like, you know, but at the same time, A, we know the Justice League isn't dead. B, we know the Justice League is coming back. And C, but, but like... But then what's the point of this? The point of this is to see how the universe reacts and to see that, like, the next guard is there, but not to artificially create a new... This is not Future State, where it's like how about all this random new stuff? And it's like, why? For what reason? It's like, because we need, because I want you to see this brand new stuff because I want to make a black Batman and I want to do this new thing. Like Jace Fox has become a good book, but I know that behind the scenes, they were just like black Batman will sell. That's the headline. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a creatively bankrupt concept. You know, that's not a pitch. You know, that, that, that's a tweet. And they did that. This is, here is what this universe is capable of. Mm-hmm. And here's the next guard. Real, cre- you know, creative people actually took Jason, made him interesting and, and, and made him a Batman. Right. You know, and, and the rest. <laughs> and, when I, and I don't mean to be dismissive about the rest, but like that's the, and the rest, everyone else yeah. you saw from Future State. You know, some of them are great ideas and some of them are less than great ideas. Or Mm -hmm. some of them became good ideas. I don't think there are any really, really bad ideas, except for like NFL Super Pro. But like (laughs) these characters all have the potential to be great. They just need great creators or at least excited creators. Yes. Road to Dark Crisis is just like, let's see how Wally reacts and how Dick Grayson reacts, how John and Dick interact about it, because I'm not going to derail what Taylor's doing in Nightwing which is where there would be a natural conversation of Dick and John to talk about the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do it in this because, you know, I'm not going to disrupt that book because it's already great. Also, uh, you know, this book is like six bucks. So, you know, I'm going to do another six bucks. I'm business. I mean, come on. So we get a, we get a few stories. Like what's the new Aquaman going to do? What's the new Wally West, or what's Wally going to do? And it's like, that one feels the worst because like, Wally did that after the first crisis. I know. And, uh, but Wally has to deal with like his replacement Wally from the new 52 and explain to him how it works. And you know, uh, what, what's Hal going to do and how's he going to react and da, 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 da. And there, and there's some fun homage art in there. Like Dan Jurgens draws the John Nightwing story and it, okay. and it, and it looks like Dan Jurgens drew it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's, it, it, it is very much cemented in a time and, ironically there's a sequence that he depicts which is a flashback to the death of superman that he drew back in the day and that looks the best out of all the art in the story like the new stuff is john like like john smashes a a villain Mm -hmm. and he looks gleeful while doing it and then you turn the page and he interacts with dick and he's like how are you happy like we're my dad is dead and i'm like then why were you smiling literally one page ago right and it's like because dan jurgens can't help but draw superman smiling that's why and there's something kind of sweet about that but uh, albeit inconsistent this issue is just kind of like what (laughs) there's a whole pariah story in here 
Oh, good. Where how Pariah is basically convinced to build his machine and start all over again. And it's just, it's, you'd love it because it's basically this, it's just what he does. It's him crying and complaining. And then his, his family is like a, a hallucination, but clearly just a manipulation of the dark, of, of the great darkness, making him make the machine. But like, he sees his family and it's great because there's a moment where he's like, oh, I'm a, you know, I, like, because the idea is, you know, the multiverse was artificially rebuilt. And so he's like, but in the multiverse, his, his world doesn't exist. Like they rebuild the multiverse and he still has no earth. And he's like, they, I don't know what it is, but the powers that be said there's no earth. And they're like, that's horse shit. Like his wife is like, and it, it's a really cool image because like his wife is bleeding black blood out of her eyes and mouth. And like, she screams at him and she like pushes him down and she just like just oozes into his face. And he's like, ah, it's just kind of like a really cool visual, even though it's like, why are you doing this? But uh, then they go, you didn't even care about us when we were alive. No, he didn't. He's like, a dick. But that's, that, that's something they bring up where it's like, you know, you didn't even care back then. So, like, why would I ever expect you to care now? And it's like, that's kind of cool because, of course, he's a pathetic loser who, like, wants to prove to them that he would care, even though he would never care. And so, you know, it's it's, it's it, this issue kind of, like, retroactively explains, like, how Hal found out about the death of Justice League. And even though I think he finds out in issue one of Dark Crisis that, like, how the death of Justice League happens. So it's also inconsistent with it, its own continuity. So whatever. But, like... The issue itself is fine. It's 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 a little bit of fun and it's just it's just a showcase. But again, I think the star of it is just like that little pariah story, but more importantly, seeing Dick and John interact and talk about how it's like eh, these things happen. Pariah makes me really grumpy. Yeah. Like he just makes me grumpy. Well, he's a he's a he's a I just don't like him. No, but like that's a great character because he actually makes you feel something. No. You know, they, they should put him in the sun like, uh, well, I'm sure that Pariah won't walk away from this. I hope not. Uh, Lex or I'm sorry, Lee Allen. Hey, Tiff, I bought Aaron's Conan book Yay! and all five issues of King uh, Conan with six in my pull list. Do you think there will ever be a trade paperback for King with rights issues? Um, I I like to think so, because they had to work it out with the they, other company. Yeah, like, because the company's just taking it away now. You know, it doesn't mean that they can't publish or like put out prints of books they've already done i i would i would suggest that you get it when it comes out yeah like don't if it does even when it does come out go get it don't don't sleep on that because don't wait for them to reprint it because they won't yeah i hope so though i really do. yeah uh matthew Chalaga. now that it's been revealed the booster and harley are going to be on the new justice league team do you think the writer will use his opportunity to rekindle their romance no i also wouldn't count on that team being around forever hmm but you know it does it does get headlines uh supreme omega on recent spidey i'm tired of norman osborne let him retire keep him dead hell he should have stayed dead his revival in the 90s was a mistake well i mean you've been complaining for 30 years man i'm sorry to tell you like you know there's nothing you can do about it i haven't seen green goblin actually do anything green goblin since like jenkins run which is a good 20 years ago so you know <laughs> he's barely a goblin yeah he's barely a goblin uh white raven 96 can you please do scooby apocalypse on back issues either in september for the 53rd anniversary of where are you or in october for scooptober the, those words have no meaning for me i don't care about scooby-doo the way that other people do um i didn't mean to make it rhyme i'm sorry but it's just the way it is you rhymed do with do uh, that's it's as not, good as most people's like that's good, good as any rhyme. song today but uh that being said I've thought about doing Scooby Apocalypse. I we were the last time we were going to do it was for the Scoob movie, but COVID made that movie never come out. So, you know, it, I mean, you can watch it, but like, 
Not in theaters. Not in theaters. Never. Unless theaters, they released it, <laughs> which they will never do uh, with two O's. But uh, yeah, so um, maybe I might do it. But based on how friggin' popular he is, for some reason, like people are really excited about Scooby Doo. Maybe Halloween would be the would be the time to do it. But I usually do Halloween. That's true. Well, we could do a whole month of Halloween. But I usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and George McKay uh, drops in to say uh, some money for Tiff's impression of Pariah from War of the Gods back issues. I loved how salty Pariah made Tiffany. Yeah, me too, man. I didn't realize how, like, I was, I remember reading through War of the Gods and, like, we run into Pariah, like, in the book. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, but he suffered, guys. Yeah. I, no. He says that. It just doesn't stop. He's just the worst. He's the worst. He's the actual worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pariah, you're the worst. Yeah. Sorry. You're not sorry. No. <laughs> What's going on here? What are you doing? Uh, to- <laughs> Toasted says, I think there's a place for a brave and bold-esque show today. Rewatched it recently and found it enjoyable. Yeah, it's a great show. Batman Brave and the Bold was a great show. Awesome. How many more comics do you have? I got a lot. That's it. Oh, no. Yep. I've got a bunch. I know. Okay. Uh, I read King Conan. You did. Number five this week by Jason Aaron and Mahmoud Asrar on art. It's good. It's so good. It's great. How many more issues are there of King Conan? I think it's like one. I think it's six, right? I think it's just six. This is the penultimate issue. We get a little backstory on Thoth Amon, which is great because at one point there's a freaking editor's note that references one of the original Conan books. Oh, cool. Because Aaron's a big Conan fan, so he could just put it in himself. He's just like, Yep, it says right here, as detailed in REH's original, The Phoenix on the on the Sword. Oh, cool. I'm like, of course. <laughs> of course it is. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, it's just the two of them working together. And like, listen, if you just like watching Jason Aaron write people saying really cool things mm-hmm. and like have like an actual like solid story behind it with like art that matches how cool it is yeah. and like the cool the imagery is. Yeah, this is for you. Cool. This is definitely for me. There's like a mm. like a panel near the end where you got like Thoth and Conan fighting together. And like he's just it's a narration, but it's like we're getting from the omniscient narrator Thoth's thoughts about like how it's like it's an orgy of blood, glee and savagery mm-hmm. and like roaring laughter in the face of death. And that this is what it's like, Thoth the wizard. This is what it's like to be Conan. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. It's so it's just so like I know. Mm. I wish his Avengers was good. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I, it's just it's I just love this book. I am so sad that it's kind of gonna be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. forever. For now. Well, for now, we'll see. No, forever. It's never gonna be forever. You never know. <laughs> no, it's true. You never know. No, I don't. And right now he's on Savage Avengers, so you can go over there. But like, yeah, for the next like issue, this is going to be the end of the road for Aaron's Aaron's Conan. Um, which is just like it's been it's a shame, but I'm so glad we got it because who would imagine that we would have gotten this many issues of Conan from Marvel and not just you know Aaron's Conan. There's Zub's Conan. Yeah. Um, there's the reprints of the old Marvel yeah, run of Conan. Yeah, but like it's just it just kept going. Yeah. Conan's been in Savage. Oh Avengers. God, Conan 2099. Yes, there was also the event that that uh, Zub. Yes, did the with... Serpent Crown. Yeah, came... yeah. So it's just it's 
been a really good run if, if you were digging this version of Conan. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we're going to have these books, you know? Yeah. It's like you can always go back and read them. And we find, we did get Aaron's promise of King Conan. I can't. I wonder if it wasn't also he was, saw the writing on the wall. And he's like, I better wrap we gotta this put up. this thing out. We got to get it out there. So, yeah. Good book. Mm-hmm. Good book. Really, really liked it. Uh, Ghost Rider. Wow, you read that? Uh, by Ben Percy with art by Corey Smith and Brent Peoples. Yeah, I read it. I liked the second issue quite a bit. I thought you weren't a big fan, but no, right. I liked it. Okay, no, no, I really did. I really enjoyed it. Um, this book, this issue was a, like a little less tight for me for uh-huh. some reason, and, and I can't quite put my finger on what it was. But it doesn't mean it was a bad book, and doesn't mean it was a bad issue. Yeah. Um, what I realized is what I really enjoyed about the first, the first and second issue. Yeah, especially the second issue was. Listen, I love Ghost Rider, and I like the fact that they're like Ghost Rider has like a lot of deep lore and mythology. But the fact is, why do people like Ghost Rider? It's because he looks he cool. Because looks cool, he looks cool, right? Yeah, that's it. And um, what I enjoy about this is that like we're definitely we're getting into some other stuff. There's like first appearance. We're getting in the weeds of oh, Co- of Ghost Rider again. We're just touching it. We're For getting, some reason, everybody they can't help themselves. Gently, we're gently getting into like something. Something's mm-hmm. going on because we introduced the Council of Midnight of Night Magicians, which I <laughs> sounds right. So if you want the first issue appearance of the Council of Night Magicians, I'll oh, pick up Ghost Rider number three. Yeah. Um. But what I really enjoy so far is Percy has been just painting like a picture of like americana horror like the idea of like you know the urban legend the you know the like road trip gone wrong yes like you know roadside you know attraction okay you know that like america is like known for where it's like you go and you see something ridiculous or like whatever right like there's something there but it's something seen usually on like a big long silly road that was created like in the 50s because that was it like everybody was traveling and like you know it was you know america was hitting the highways and driving right right? like there's something to that and like it's that sort of like homage to ghost rider going to different places and experiencing like instead of like a fun roadside attraction mm-hmm. some sort of like horror Carnival thing of horrors, like he's like yeah. it's like he's drawn to it it's got a little silent hill going there maybe that's what that's you like what about I really it liked about it but like it's also like it's more about that than it is ghost, ghost rider, rider right because it's like and go and i'm like maybe it's that's like some world building for no reason maybe, like oh look at all like, this cool stuff like, that isn't ghost rider related key to like a yeah. ghost rider story now is well, like setting it against something like that now yeah. i think we are going to get more into this there's like there's like fbi agents chasing him mm-hmm. he's talking a lot about like the spirit of vengeance and like you know what what he feels like and like how he's like blacking out when he becomes the spirit of vengeance and what happens so like, i think we're going to get a little more into it but right now i'm really just digging on the fact that it's like johnny is like seeking something but like things are also just kind of happening yes to him and like he's solving it as ghost rider yes because he can't help himself um but i was like maybe that's the key i don't i don't know but i really i did enjoy it quite a bit there's kind of like a stephen kingian homage there's like an evil truck mm, that'll do it there's an evil truck is there a goblin on the front of it no <laughs> it's just a truck okay it's just a big scary truck however if you're wondering does ghost rider take a different tractor trailer mm. and make it into his ghost rider vehicle yes good prior to that there's like there's a couple of panels in this which for me 
is just nightmare fuel. Mm. Total nightmare fuel. If you've ever, <laughs> if you ever drive with me anywhere and we're on a highway and you, and we see a truck that I know has animals in it, I have to get away from that as fast as humanly possible yep. because in my head, that is going to be a disaster. And I just don't, just, but that is, that is in this, oh, that okay. is in this book. And I was like, why? Oh no. Why? That happens. That's um, great. Just, mm. So it's a good book. Like I'm enjoying it. Like I said, this one was a little, we were managing three different storylines here and I, I didn't feel quite as tight yeah. as the last issue. Um, but I think Percy's just finding just playing his, with it. Yeah. Playing with it, finding his way. And I think if you're a ghostwriter fan, you're probably going to enjoy this. Great. Um, and if you're not, I don't know, you might dig it anyway, because if you like horror, there is, there's definitely something here for you. Totally. Uh, and I, I forgot that uh, you were all done. I That's just, right. I was just sitting here like, waiting for the next thing that's right <clears throat> um x-men 92 yeah you were talking about this came yeah, out, earlier uh written by steve fox with uh art by salva espen another really great graphics page yay look, look at this thing look at that color just so silly fun that's awesome this is like this is basically a what if <laughs> that's what it feels like this it, is what the premise is what if the cartoon the, the show. The cartoon show did Krakoa. Right. And it turns out Jubilee is the Moira. Mm. Right. And so you're just going to get the look and feel of the, of the X-Men animated show throughout. Um, I would love to know if you, if someone who isn't reading current X-Men had picked this up, how they're dealing with it. Like, do, is it, is it approachable? Cause like in my head, I'm like, it is. And I'm like, but I'm also getting a different level of enjoyment out of it. Knowing what the reality of it is in like the main you know, like Rogue is Kitty Pride in this. She's got the Marauder. Oh, uh, okay. You know, that's cool. All like, right. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. And I'm like, but is it more fun for me? Because I know it's not her role. Yes. Right. Sinister's working with Beast. Mm. And Beast is Beast from the show. He's not. He's not a friggin' he's monster. Not angry Rogue. Or Rogue. Uh, he's not angry Beast. Yes. Um, Sabretooth is here. Right. Because he didn't get thrown in a hole. No. <laughs> well, he's not much of a murderer in that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I think you can enjoy it, but I would love to know if you have not been reading the main X title, but you're picking this up. How you doing with it? Right. Or how do you like it? How, how do you like it? How, how's it going for you? Um, but you, like Orcus is here. Like the, a lot of mm. the names are all the same, right? Yeah. Um, in this though, we get to see Jubilee's other lives. Okay. Like, like the, like the first time she dies is in the mall playing video games. The Sentinel, gets the Sentinel her. just kills her. Cool. She's like, I didn't, I never even knew like, I never met the X-Men. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, I, I, I don't think she met them again and then she did. And you know, we go through there, but at one point, like one of her lives is her meeting the team that was from that X-Men cartoon that never was. Yes. Pride of the X-Men, which yes. was of course the inspiration for the, uh, yeah. So the, the team arcade. is like Wolverine and Colossus and Cyclops and Nightcrawler storm and dazzler. And it's <laughs> all the costumes. I was like, that's so funny. And it's yeah. equally funny, more funny. Cause we just got you the arcade. Right. So um, it's that cast. Yeah. So this is silly and it's fun. And um, if you were a fan of the animated series, you're going to read this book in their voices. Right. If there's a voice associated in the cartoon, it's going to be in your head. Like, yeah. it just, it's just going to come back. Trust me. It, it, it's, it's just there and you don't even know it. So 
fun. Um, but like I said, I, I want to say if you're not reading X-Men, you'll be okay. Right. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, right? I, but I'm not 100% on that. Mm. Um, which brings me to my last book that I read, which was uh, Knights of X number two. Yay. This is the continuation of the Excalibur series that yeah. Teeny Howard was doing. So it's written by Teeny Howard with art by Bob Quinn. Um, admittedly, the book looks good, but Quinn's art isn't always um consistent okay so like there's some really great stuff and then like some stuff that like does just doesn't quite match the quality of his other panels mm. uh which is a shame but I'm, I'm not gonna really give marks off and say it's like oh it's unreadable it's just like i just noticeable it's just like, like oh, oh okay. it's just it's just yeah it's a little inconsistent yeah that's pretty much it can i um, say i also just really like you know and you know i'm gonna talk about this yeah they're they're top left it's so good it's great it's, it's like hey so look good. you're doing something it's so good and then when you look at also the fact that it's like the top left matches where the barcode is like they mm-hmm. fit aesthetically and they're doing something different with where the barcode the way yeah. it's oriented um but that it looks like it matches well and all the it's thoughtful all, all the other krakoa x-men books mm-hmm. have this scheme so it like it, it's consistent yes yes you'll notice it says destiny of x mm-hmm. that's so the period like, yeah it's like that's where we know. are like, it's, it's very well designed out. it's either hickman or it's oh, what's his name oh the, the the designer yeah i can never remember his name tom mueller there that's you go it is. it's tom mueller he's great yeah if you don't if you're a design person go follow him go find mm-hmm. him um this series is basically dealing with a mythical quest back into other worlds. So if you like that world, you're getting more of it. You're cool, going to get, you know, there are alternative costumes, you know, rogue or gambit as a rogue rogue's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to keep saying rogue. Apparently <laughs> um, show goes here, but Jubilee isn't. Mm. She didn't get chosen for the, the quest by the show. Mythical- dragon. Yes. Okay. Um, the siege perilous is brought up which is a, an X-Men favorite mm-hmm. item. Um, so they're on a quest for that. It's like the Holy Grail. It's great too, because the Siege Perilous is not only tied intrinsically to X-Men history, but also tied to Authorian lore. Yep. It's just kind of a different thing. The idea is the Siege Perilous was meant to be like the um, prize. Ah, containing the Holy Grail. Cool. Like if you got the Holy Grail, you got the Siege Perilous. Yeah, I never knew what the hell the prize was for doing anything. Apparently the it's Holy that, Grail. at least according to this book. All right. Um, Seems good to me. But, you know, like Merlin's in charge. He's in the role of Saturn. He's his magister and he wants Saturnine and he wants to get rid of all the mutants. And he's like bamboozled King Arthur into helping him. Mordred, it turns out, is a mutant. He's on the team, too. Okay. All right. Cool. And uh, mutants, this is, it's just, it's a fantasy setting, guys, but like it's very much has the feeling of like X Men because it's like the X Men are being hunted. The mutants of Otherworld are being hunted. Right. By like not they're called Furies instead, which is also something from the past of X Men in terms of dealing yes, with Saturn. That's right. Yeah, so the Furies are there. I also Captain Britain stuff. Cool. Um so that's like the otherworldly version of Sentinels. Right. So it's like you're, you're getting that feeling. You're getting X Men, but it's like Excalibur X Men. Right. But there's like magic and swords and like Shatterstar's having a great time and <laughs> Yeah. And but for some reason they don't want it to be don't they don't want to call it Excalibur anymore. No, no. Because Knights of X feels a little more on the nose than Excalibur. Excalibur's like because that's what the feeling was. They yeah. wanted you to invoke that whole like well yeah. whatever. I guess because like eh, I think it's because we moved into a separate thing. Yeah. You know, like and we have like the Legion of X. Like there's a lot of things of X right now. Mm-hmm. And this is like um like this is like only like X amount of issues as well. Sure, sure. Um, and it ties into the quest because like there are 10 knights who went oh knights knights and uh, 10 of swords yes so we, we, there's a lot of like 
you know, imagery and metaphors and whatever. <laughs> um, it's a fun book. I really enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but it does help if you've read the previous series, the previous or at least series, the previous to issue, to kind of understand because Teeny really is just being like, "Listen, those of you who read, you you shall be rewarded." Right. Um, That's nice. So Saturnine's still kicking and being a pain in the ass, but like oh, yeah. she's better than Merlin. Right. That's really what it is. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of this prov- uh, promises that we're going to Sevalith, which is the um, realm in Otherworld of Vampires, which, as we know, is ruled by Death. Oh, what? The Horseman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's kind of cool. running that area. That's awesome. Or he's at least in that area. But she definitely called Jubilee. She's not a vampire anymore, but no, still. No, she brought, like, I she, used to. Should have brought Storm. Yeah. They had a thing. Right? She and Dracula had a thing. I meant she and Death. Oh, that's interesting. They should have made it Dracula and bring, and bring Storm. I mean, it's like a triangle. <laughs> no. A love triangle of vampirism. She wasn't really in love with Dracula. Dracula took her over, but whatever. Yeah, there was a, there was a thrall. He yeah. thrall. I think Sinkevich threw that. You don't want to get thralled. God. But, like, see, look how good this is. And then there'll be some other panels. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's a little rough. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just occasionally some stuff where I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah. So. it is the it is the the devil's bargain when it comes to having monthly serialized fiction coming oh, sure. out. But yeah, some listen, some it depends. I mm-hmm. think some artists really just 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 they they, they thrive. Just, they, they thrive. Yeah, Bagley that. doesn't have to worry about it, but everybody else, it's a hard time. I don't know. Laraz doesn't need to worry about it either. Well, when you're doing what Laraz does. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Sel- I'm thinking of somebody else. Yes, you're thinking of somebody else. No, I'm thinking Laraz doesn't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, no, he's it's great. Just, he's just incredible. Yes, that's true. Um, no, I'm sorry. But no, it's a good book. Um. I don't know how like required reading it's going to be. Unlike with when Excalibur went into Ten of Swords, Excalibur kind of was important. Yes. To like understand. It was like that. the supplemental book. It You're was like, literally like, yeah. Like it kind of led into it. You understood the world. Yeah. The, yeah. It didn't players. come out of left field if you were reading that book. Yeah. But this, I just feel like it's just, we're having fun. Let's just have fun. Let's Good. just go deal with, you know, Betsy and the fat Captain Britain Corps, which is stuck. We're, well, we're there. Still. That's why we don't have Hickman anymore. Right. So we can have fun in this world and do all these stuff all this stuff. Better have fun. Better do it. Have fun. Hope it was worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this would have happened no matter what. Mm, well, probably because Teeny Howard and Hickman are friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it also takes place in other worlds. So. Right. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect Krakoa is what I mean. Not. Not. so. Well, it did. Yeah. When Krakoa it, goes. Well, because well, they were going to destroy because, it. Yeah. But because there, it was the, the link. Yes. But that now it's. Now not. there's no link. Well, there is. No. Wasn't the gate turned into a guy? Oh, they brought it back. Oh, oh good okay um but no um no i meant because like krakoa is linked to other world mm-hmm. and other world um is linked to Amenth. yes and on the other side of Amenth was Araka. right right so it was mm-hmm. like it's still linked to that and there's okay. still characters at least one that we care about that's over there yep yes he's got to come back at some point and it, but yeah i hope i hope hickman comes back i hope does. hickman is the bringer backer of, <laughs> of apocalypse <laughs> like, it's like hickman's back so is apocalypse oh, uh, yeah it better be uh andrew forrester gotta go but here's some cash before i head out oh, well you're you. long gone but we appreciate you being here man oh. Uh, Storm King, Sal, I really enjoyed your comic, but it left you on a to-be-continued moment. Any updates or spoilers that you can share? Be well and stay safe. Uh, I appreciate your checking out my books. I don't know which one you mean. If it's Garth Kirby, The Cookbook of the Gods, it's still deliberate. Uh, Stinger, I have no book written, but uh, that was just supposed... I just had the joke of a were-clown. I thought that'd be funny, so it's just supposed to set up this idea. I thought it was a funny presumption that an independent book that was written by me would ever have more than one issue anyway. Uh, so I put that in there as a tail end. If you're talking about Flight of the Binturong, which is available on flightofthebinturong.com, uh, 
I also set I set that up to be like the next chapter because I fully expected that to be a thing that would take off and it didn't, so it will never have a sequel. Uh, the Telphonic says, I have been picking it up without reading current X-Men. I know a little of what you're th- what's going on, thanks to you guys, but it still seems friendly for entry. Okay, cool. It feels like it, but then I was like, I, I doubted myself. I doubted myself with how much like I was having a hard time separating my, my knowledge of yes. what's going on on Krakoa, so that's great. So thank Good. you. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those books, by the way, the, the, the Flight of the Binturong is on its own website. You can Google it. Uh, oh. And Gar- Garth Kirby was on Comixology up until the merger. Who knows if it's still there? Are you okay? Yeah, I punched, I punched the thing. <laughs> All right, let's recommend some books. Uh, so obviously I'm going to pitch uh, Thor 26. I need to p- catch up. I think I missed the last two, but uh, I'm enjoying Banner of War. At the very least, these freaking covers are sick. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Donny Cates, Martin uh, Kokolo uh the amazing spider-man number three uh i read it already but i'm excited for it zeb wells john Romita jr it's, it's it's crazy it's brutal uh give it a shot uh night to steel uh dark Knights of steel number seven uh again another book i gotta pick up and uh re get back into because there was a there's a tie-in book that like tripped me up and i was like what is this and it's like oh it's not it doesn't matter don't don't read that but uh, this of course from tom taylor and nathan gooden uh check that out uh dark crisis number one. Oh, here we go this is it first chapter joshua williamson daniel samper uh the art's great the, the the story's fun i'm looking forward to it we'll talk more about it next week uh flashpoint beyond number two not to be outdone jeff johns is doing his own comparative and uh competi- competing book about his vision of the dc universe uh jeff johns and jeremy adams uh and uh tim sheridan with mikhail yannon on art um jeez Yep, that's a thing. And Batman's killing time number four. And you know what's funny? DC's like, I don't care. No, they couldn't we're care just, less. Just, put the, the money th- in my hand. The thing is, the funny thing is, it's like the, someone would have to work there to care. You know, like, like it passes the desk of like whoever was supposed to like check it and give mm-hmm. a crap, and they're just 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 dust. Uh, this is written by Tom King with art by David Marquez. Uh, I it took forever for this issue to come out, so I'm actually caught up on this one. <laughs> Uh, what are you? What are you recommending, Tiffany? That's a really great question because I didn't look at this ahead of time. Legion of X number two is coming out, so I'm definitely going to recommend that. That's the uh, Kieran Gillen um, issue <laughs> book. Yeah, Spurrier. Spurrier. Wrong Brit that I like. Wrong Brit writing X Men that you enjoy. That's give me, okay. Give me a break. Give me a break. There's two of them. <laughs> There's two great. Hey. Learned, well written, or well no, well read. Putting this one up. All right. Yes. Yes. The word identity agrees with me. <laughs> he agrees with you. Agrees with me. The fry is the worst. Yeah. But it's fun that he's the worst. Now no. you, can, you don't have to feel no. bad for the villain. You can just kick him in the junk. No. No. I hate him. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't get attention. <laughs> no one thinks about him. <laughs> I think about no one him. expects. He like lives rent free up here. No one expects Pariah. That's why it's fun. Ah um tc uh, uh, comics uh poison ivy number one is coming out i'm definitely gonna check it out um if nothing else because i gotta pick out what variant cover i want yeah one of uh what was it fifty five thousand. yeah at this point that's what we're up to um no there's quite a few variant covers i really think i like this one the best yeah i think i like the dan mora one the best well, what a shock um <laughs> there are so many good ones you really can't go wrong no, here but true. i think the dan mora one is your might pick. be my my go-to so i think i'm gonna have to pick that up in person mm-hmm. um if you're reading monkey prince i kind of fell off that book but i still wanted to give a shout out to it number five is coming out um yeah you're only like an issue behind so you're okay uh savage avengers, savage avengers number two. two is coming out so thank you for remembering grabbing that i really enjoyed savage avengers number one 
um, written by David Pepos with art by Carlos Magno. Um, just really well written book. Yes. Um, and joyful, a, like a fun joyful book. and about a bunch of characters you probably don't care about, but maybe you care about one of them and that might be enough for you. Trust me. Go check it out. That's true. Go check that out for sure. Um, I'm trying to read and vamp at mm-hmm. the same time. It's a good time. Well, uh, yeah. Somebody asked earlier where they were like, what about Red Sonia? What, what's her story with Conan? And I'm like, she's owned by Dynamite. Yeah, it's a different different company. Different company. They used yeah. to have, they for like a brief period, they shared a universe. Um, I think in the books they did, and then and then not. It's okay. Conan's got plenty of... Of, of babes. <laughs> of would, warrior who would, women. Who would like rip you in twain for saying this that? This is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, there is Red Sonia books coming out. It's just they have nothing to do... With Conan. Yeah, with one another. No, um, and that's good. It gives her a chance to shine. Mm. By the way, Dynamite, I have a Red Sonia pitch. Just saying. Yeah, you do. We we. It's a and it's done. Yeah, like it's I, ready to go. Did I say Marauders number three? Uh, no, Marauders number three is coming out. I'm like, no, there was another one. Um, so I'll check that out. You know, see what see what's going on. Psylocke has joined the team. Hey, because after, after Hellions fell apart, they kind of wanted to put some folk other places so yeah well you some might as well characters moved over like someone as capable as psylocke should be on a should team. be on a team yeah um one was with it with the kind of fan uh, attention that she gets uh, well i mean yes yes she true. has a following she people has a following. like psylocke Good. so yes, use exactly her. um also if you like anthologies um you know the the big thick dc like ten dollar books um 104 page count for ten dollars dc pride 2022 is coming out so you can grab that as well um yeah there you go i'm sure i missed something i'm sure i missed something because i i'm sure i desperately to read quickly but i'll figure it out yeah but listen we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us don't forget to follow tiffany on twitch.tv slash comic pop watch play video games on tuesdays and wednesdays on a typical basis and we'll see you guys next time with the only episode of the author rack and uh, don't forget to like this video subscribe to our channel and go to youtube.com slash comic pop for more episodes of back issues and of course our shorts and we'll see you guys then thanks a lot for watching i'm sal i'm tiffany so long everybody Bye.